There have been uh, seasons in my life in which I've bought into the lies in my mind. Growing up, here's some of the lies that I listened to. Uh, you're not good enough. You're not popular enough. You'll never have those kind of friends. Growing up, I remember listening to ones like, you're not smart enough. You're not strong enough. You'll never make that team. And you would think after elementary, middle school, high school, you would go beyond listening to lies. And when I went to college being educated, I'd be able to understand that, but I wasn't. And I began to start listening to other lies that, you know, if you go to that party, Chris, you need to drink until you get drunk so that they'll accept you. They won't accept you unless they do that. That you need to be arrogant and kind of cocky if you're going to get respect from other guys. And that, you know what, you need to be the one who always sexually initiates things if you're going to be a real man. And then after college, when my wife Jennifer and I uh, got engaged, I started thinking and buying into these lies. Lies like, hey, you know, if Jen really knew all about your past, she would never marry you. Or, you know, if in some way this church that you're pastoring right now, that if they knew the real you, they would actually fire you. So I want to ask you this morning, have you ever listened to the lies? Have you ever bought into the lies of the evil one? Have you ever listened to the lies so much so that you actually started to believe them and allowed them to become a part of your own identity. You know, there is an evil one, folks. There is someone who desires to steal and to kill and to destroy your identity in Christ. He is the biggest liar of anyone you'll ever know. And he will do anything to try to deflect from you learning how to listen to the love that God has for your life. Jesus actually described Satan this way. He said this, He, Satan, was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a what? What's it say? He is a a liar. He's a big, fat liar and the father of lies. Folks, lying originated with Satan. Do you remember the story of uh, Adam and Eve in the garden, the very first story of the Bible? And what does Satan do? He, he lies to them in such a way that, that you won't be able to know God as well unless you do this and The first two human beings buy into these big honking lies. And the truth is, is that you and I have been buying into lies after lies after lies since then. You see, the scripture says this, that we are not struggling and fighting against two. Who are we not fighting against? It is human beings, but against what? Evil spiritual forces In the heavenly realm, the rulers, authorities, and powers of darkness. What this verse is basically saying is that 
there is these evil forces that Satan has, and he is constantly like a dart on a dartboard, taking darts and trying to throw them to get stuck in your mind so that you would actually then believe in the lies. He wants you to believe in the lies. And some of these darts are disappointment or discouragement or despair. It might be a dart of delay or depression. But there are these darts that he's throwing because he wants you to buy into these lies hook, line, and sinker. Now, the problem with Satan is that many times we don't even want to say the name because if we say Satan or the devil, it's like, ooh, he's going to get me. He's going to get me. He doesn't worry so much about your perception of the fact that he has a pitchfork and he's trying to get you. What he's really most concerned about is that if he can get you to buy into his lies in your mind, he can control your life. He can control your life if you'll buy in those. But this is what you have to realize is that God is greater than Satan. Way more, bigger, higher, more than ever. But what we need to realize is we should be aware of what Satan tries to do. And his biggest desire is to try to tempt you into buying into lies that are not of God, but are of him. To fill your mind and your head with those lies. You see, the reality is, folks, is that you and I are in this kind of cosmic war. We're in the middle of this war. And if you're a child of God, if you're saying, hey, I want Jesus to be the one who who leads my life, then the truth is, is he's coming after you. And he doesn't want you to feel peace and joy and kindness and freedom. He wants you to feel like, hey, I'm messed up and and I'm not enough and I'm not good enough and I'm not smart enough and I'm not pretty enough and on and on and on. I'm just not enough. Now, for most of my life, the truth is I didn't believe Satan even existed. I just walked through my life thinking that Bad things happen because human beings do wrong things. But then all of a sudden I started seeing some things happen in the world and lies that would come into my mind that I'm like, that didn't just come from me or from someone else. The truth is the evil one was planting those lies in my head. And you know, it took me years and years and years to no longer be a hostage to those lies. We're in this series on being a hostage, and some of you are a hostage to the lies of the evil one. You've bought into them, and you keep thinking, well, I'll have enough power, I'll have enough strength, I'll be able to overcome this. And the truth is, you don't have enough strength in your own, you have to turn to the power of God. And once I realized that, that I couldn't change these lies without the power of God, that's when everything changed. Now... It doesn't necessarily mean that I'm still not tempted by the lies. I am regularly. But the truth is, I don't live in those lies. I speak truth to them. Because this is what I found for myself and many human beings, is that it's much easier to buy into the lies sometimes than it is the truth. It's easier to buy into those things in our mind than it is to listen to the truth that God has for us. Have you ever noticed that before? That it's very easy to to buy into the negative thing or the thing that's going to be discouraging to you rather than what is true. So 
Let me ask you this morning. What lies has the evil one been spreading into your mind? What lies have been keeping you hostage maybe for days or weeks or months or years or maybe even decades? Maybe your lie is, I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not pretty enough. My body doesn't look the way that it should. I'm not enough. Or maybe your lie is, as much as I try, I just can't stop from losing my temper. I'm always going to be a yeller. I'm always going to yell to my kids. Or I can't stop taking these pain pills, even though the accident happened a long time ago. I'm never going to be able to stop to do that. Or I can't stop worrying or freaking out about my finances or the economy or freaking out about where my kids are or what my relationships look like. Or I can't control the things that come out of my mouth. I'm always just going to say what I think. It's going to be out there. Or I can't stop looking at pornography. Or I can't stop gossiping. I can't stop complaining. I can't stop cheating. I can't stop lying. Folks, what happens is these lies come into our minds and they take us hostage. But what I think is probably the greatest lie, the biggest lie that there is, and this is your first fill-in, both on the stream and here in the auditorium, is this, is that God can't change me. God can't change me. Have you ever bought into that lie before? That God can't change me. Have you ever thought, you know, nothing is going to change. I've tried. I've done everything I can, and it just doesn't change. And if I can't change it, God can't change it either. God can't change me. And what happens is when we start to believe that lie, we get in this horrible cycle of guilt and then shame and then failure. And then we have these promises believing in our mind that this is just the way that I am and I am never going to change. And maybe some of you are actually there right now today. You find yourself in a season where you're thinking to yourself, you know what? I've struggled with this for far too long. This is just the way that I am. I'm always going to body shame myself. I'm always going to put myself down. I'm always going to think that I'm not enough. God can't change me. And the problem is, is that some of you have actually bought into the lie of the evil one. Now, uh, my two girls are Swifties. They love Taylor Swift. And one of the things that they've done with Swifties is they've created these song lists, these playlists, and they have these song tracks. And I've listened to these song tracks over and over and over again. I won't show you my best Taylor Swift today, okay? But, but I listen to them, and there's these song tracks, and, and they listen to them constantly, and there's all of these songs. And this is what's true, is that all of you have some song tracks in your head right now of who you're listening to. And for some of you, the evil one is getting the biggest majority share of what that song track is. And you're listening to these lies from the evil one again and again and again. And what we have to do is we have to switch the song track, put something else in its place, so we start listening to something that's different than the evil one. We have to play a bigger truth. And I think the biggest truth, the greatest truth is this, that you are God's masterpiece, 
that regularly you need to be able to tell yourself, I am God's masterpiece. I am God's masterpiece. Now the question is, what is a masterpiece? Well, there are many definitions of a masterpiece, but here's one. A work done with extraordinary skill. Folks, God put a lot of work into creating you. It didn't just come out of nowhere. He put work into it. It took a lot of extraordinary skill to do that. That's one definition. But my favorite definition when it comes to uh, this whole idea of a masterpiece comes from a little boy named Charlie. And he said this, a masterpiece is anything that I do that my mom hangs on the refrigerator. Isn't that true? Like when you get that thing placed on the refrigerator, you know as a child and you can remember that or when you have kids or grandkids, you want to put stuff there because what that is, is a masterpiece. And scripture tells us this, folks. This is who we are. It says this, for we are God's what? What's the next word? Masterpiece. I love that word. And he created us anew in Christ Jesus. Why? So that we can do good things that he planned for us when? When did he plan these? Long ago. Folks, he's been planning this long ago. Not only can God change you, but he's actually been planning for these changes for a very long time. Now, if you would, what I'd like you to do right now, and for those of you on the stream, you can just type this in, what I'm going to ask people to say to the person beside you. But I'd like you to look to the person beside you, smile at them, okay? If you were in a fight on the way to church, forgive them. That's why we're here. And then just look at them and tell them, you are God's masterpiece. So go ahead, look at them real quick. Tell them, you are God's masterpiece. Okay, those of you on the stream, type it in. I am God's masterpiece. Yeah. And, and that's who you are, folks. You are God's masterpiece. You're a Monet. You're a Rembrandt. You're one of a kind. Now, for some of you, we're glad that there's only one. Like, one's enough. There's only one masterpiece that we need of you. But nonetheless, that's who you are. But you know what I found out? What I found out is that when people look into the mirror, many times what they don't see is God's masterpiece, but they see a master mess. I was just thinking of myself. I see a birthmark that's right here. You can see it. I can see a wart that's on my finger, which is right here. I can see this big schnauz. Let me take off my glasses. Now you can see it too. I see this big schnauz. And what happens is we look at ourselves in the mirror and then all of a sudden, rather than seeing ourselves as a masterpiece, we see ourselves as a master mess. You see, rather than seeing ourselves as what God has created to us, what happens is we start listening to the lies of the evil one and we make our identity that image. We identify more with what he says. Things like this. I'm an addict. I'm always going to be an addict. I'm always going to be addicted to porn or to alcohol or to drugs. Um, I'm always going to be addicted. I'm a worrier. And I'm always going to be a worrier. I'm always going to worry and worry and be anxious and overwhelmed all the time. I'm going to be stressed to the max. I'm a failure. I'm always going to be a failure. You know why I'm going to be a failure? Because I failed in my marriage. 
I failed with my kids. I failed with my job. I'm failing right now. I'm always going to be a failure. Several years ago, there was this uh, young uh, college student who was attending our church, helped serve in different ways. And uh, she was just extremely brilliant. I mean, very, very smart. One of the highest GPAs, very high in her class. And she uh, went to Ball State and was just an amazing person. She was extremely attracted to and had uh, tons of guys that were always like, ooh, ah, you know, every time she would kind of walk by. And on top of that, uh, she was a Christ follower and had lived in a Christian home. And one day she came uh, to me and she said, hey, could I uh, meet with you uh, this week? And I said, yeah, let me see my schedule. And so we set up a time and uh, I was expecting for her to come in and for her to say, hey, you know what? I just got accepted to this graduate school or I just got this great job or whatever it was. I was assuming it was going to be something spectacular that she was going to share about. And so as we sat down, uh, I looked across and all of a sudden there wasn't this sense of great expectation of what was going on, but she said, I feel like a failure. And I was looking at this young girl and I'm thinking to myself, girl, you have everything going for you. What do you mean that you, you feel like you're a failure? And she said, well, when I just think about my past and and things in my past, I just can't get over it. And now I'm so anxious and overwhelmed. I'm actually on some medication for my anxiety. And and there were these layers of pain that she wasn't really revealing, but, but you could tell it was there. And she kept saying things, but wasn't giving very specific. It's almost like an onion. A full-grown onion, if you've ever seen it before, there's all these layers of skin on it. And she had all of these layers of skin, but nothing had been taken off. And I don't know why, but I just had a prompting while I was listening to her in which I said, well, why don't you tell me your most painful memory you ever had as a child? Could you share that with me? Because she was hiding everything. And I figured she was going to say, well, one time I wrote on my wall. Or, well, one time I did something and I got put in time out. Or one time, you know, I didn't pick up my toys and I got a spanking for that or, or something like that. And then with this cracked voice, she just looked at me and she said, I've never heard my parents tell me that they're proud of me. And I'll never forget that moment of seeing this young woman who had everything going for her in her life break down because she had started reliving this sense. And she said, because I know I've never heard that, then I've always thought that I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not enough. I'm a failure. And sitting across me on that day, folks, was God's masterpiece. But the reality is, in her mind, she had bought into the lies that she was just never going to be enough. And that she could never change. You ever notice this before? That sometimes it's easier to believe the lies than it is the truth. Sometimes it's way easier for us to believe the negative self-talk or to believe what others say 
or what the evil one says, or in this girl's situation, of what wasn't said to her. And we stay in destructive relationships. We stay in things that create even more lies and more uh, destruction for us. You see, the truth is, is that for all of us, we have a tendency to go towards the lie than we do the truth. And yet, there's a part of us that wants to believe that we can change, but we can't. And sometimes we'll say, well, I can't change. I'm never going to be different. I'm always going to be this way. I'll never conquer this. But what I want to share with you today is that if Christ is in your life, you are different. He's already done a great change in you. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 says this, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, they are what? They are a what? New creation. The old has gone. The new has come. And the question is, are you going to start believing God's truth about your life? Or will you continue to listen to the lies? Now, for the rest of our time, what I want to do is just share with you some tools that you can put into your tool belt to be able to overcome the lies. Because for some of us, we've become a prisoner to some of these lies of what someone said or the negative self-talk or what the evil one has said to us. So the first step to overcoming the lies, this is your fill-in, is this, to capture wrong thoughts. When wrong thoughts come to your mind, you don't give them any time. You literally capture them. Paul says this in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5. I capture how many thoughts? How many does he say? I capture every, every thought and make it give up and obey Christ. Every wrong thought that comes into your mind immediately, you capture it and you make it give up. Every wrong thought on Facebook or Twitter or TikTok that wants to compare you to somebody else and you're like starting to think I'm not enough. You capture it, you make it give up, and you make it obey Jesus Christ. Every time that you go to work and someone's putting you down, whether it's a boss or a coworker, you capture it, you make it give up, and you make it obey Jesus Christ. For those of you that are students, every time you're going through the hallway and you're sensed to th- say, well, you know, I'm not as popular as this person, or I'm not as good, or I'm not as pretty, or blah, 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 whatever it is, you go, no, 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 no. I'm capturing that thought, I'm making it give up, and I'm making it obey Jesus Christ. Every thought that is in opposition to God, we capture it, we make it give up, and we make it obey Jesus Christ. Now, how does this work, Chris? Well, again, you have to differentiate between what might be a fact and what is actually truth. So here's a thought that comes into your mind. I'm fat. I'm never, ever going to look pretty. And you start body shaming yourself. You go, whoa, whoa, whoa. For most people, folks, you're not fat. Now, you may not look like that supermodel on the magazine or on the internet. Guess what? They're not healthy. They're not. So don't compare yourself to that. But for some of you, you might say, well, I'm fat. I'm fat. I'm never going to change. Fact, you're overweight. The truth is, 
God can give you the discipline to actually overcome if you turn to him. Here's another thought. My my marriage is always going to fail. There's no hope in my marriage whatsoever. Fact, I've been a husband who has not been loving my wife and caring for her the way that I should. I haven't put her needs above my own, and that's why there's this tension here. That's the fact. The truth is, is that God can make you the husband that he created you to be for your wife. Thought. That thing that I did in my past is so bad that God could never forgive me for that. Fact. You sinned. You messed up big time. True. But the truth is, is that God will forgive every sin if you come to him and you ask for forgiveness. Because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross, he says, I don't want you to believe in the lies or to carry sin your whole life. I want you to actually live in freedom. And that is the truth. So the first step to overcoming the lies that we listen to is we capture every wrong thought. We make it give up and we make it obey Jesus Christ. The second step is this. We are going to speak the truth. We are going to speak the truth. Now notice that I didn't say we're going to know the truth or we're going to think the truth or we're going to memorize the truth. All of those things are important. But what I said is we are going to what with the truth? We are going to speak the truth. We're actually going to speak the truth. Proverbs 18:21 says this, the tongue, that is the things that we say has the power of what? Of what? The tongue has the power of life and what? And death. Now, that is some serious language, folks. The things that come out of our mouths actually have power of life or of death. And I think all too often what we do is that we speak things out that already create defeat in us. We say things like this. I'm always going to be blank. I can't. I'll never. I'm not. You're not enough. You just go on and on and on. And each time we listen to Satan and we speak those things into us, we're giving power to lies. And as those lies stack up, they begin to give death. And so it's so critical, folks, for you to be able to capture that thought, to make it give up, and then to speak truth into those lies. You actually speak them out loud. Now, I don't know about you, but COVID for me was a real challenge. And a couple years after uh, COVID as well. And what I found out was that I got jacked up in my mind. Does anyone know what I'm talking about here? Anybody else get jacked up during COVID with your mind? Uh, None of you are raising your hand. Well, there's a couple honest people. The rest of you are just a bunch of liars. I'm not even going to ask you today. But we all got jacked up. And I got jacked up in my mind. And this is what happened. True story. I started believing lies from the evil one. And I became a mess. And I was not speaking any life. I was just speaking death into my mind regularly. You're not enough. You're not good enough. You're not smart enough. The church will never grow again. Blah, 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 blah. And all of a sudden, 
I thought, well, I can make a couple small changes. And I made two. The first one was I reached out to a guy uh, to be a mentor of mine who was 20 years older than me. He's in his 40s. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. He's a little bit older than that. But anyways, I, I reached out to him, and once a month we meet, and the only thing we do, we have lunch, and he just speaks into my life and tries to give life and encouragement to me. The second thing I did was I picked up a book of an author that I thought I would never read in my life because I'm not a huge fan, but I started reading a book by Joyce Meyer called Battlefield of the Mind. And God revealed to me, I don't want you to read this in three days, I want you to read this over months of time. And so I started reading it. And the whole book is based upon, rather than listening to the lies, that we actually put truth where the lies were at. And so for the past 10 months, almost every single morning, I've written out a prayer that I've uh, memorized, and I pray it out loud, and this is the prayer. It says, in the name of Jesus and by the blood of Jesus, I come against any mind-binding spirits. I ask for peace to come into my mind. In Jesus' name and by the blood of Jesus, I come against any lies that Satan has about me. For greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. God, you are greater than my anxiety... God, you are greater than my fear, and you are greater than my worry. For you did not give me a spirit of fear or timidity, but of power and of love and a sound mind. God, give me a sound mind today so that I would have a mind that can be able to be free and peaceful and full of faith. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. And then I go on with the rest of my day and I do whatever it is that God's calling me to do. And it has become a daily ritual that I begin my day by removing lies and not giving in to them for the rest of the day. Now, in your program, you should have received a little sheet like this. I'd like you to pull this out. This may be the most important thing you're going to get all today, maybe all month. For those of you that are on the stream, if you go to the JAR app underneath resources, this same thing is here. And at the top, it says who I am in Christ. And what I've done is I've taken some scripture verses and a few things for you to know who you are in Christ. I am accepted. I am secure. I am significant. And there's different scriptures, and I would encourage you to take one or two of these a day, read them, and to put it in your brain. Now, you need to place this somewhere that you will not forget it. For some of you, it might be in the bathroom on the mirror. It might be uh, in your car. It could be on the refrigerator. Somewhere where you know it's going to be there, and you could do that. And then at the bottom, there's actually my prayer. You don't have to pray this prayer. You can make up your own. But I thought it might help you so that you start speaking some life instead of death into your mind. So... We're going to capture our thoughts, we're going to speak truth, and then finally, we're going to choose not to give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. We will not quit. One of the biggest problems in our culture is that we try to start getting things out of our minds, lies in our minds, but then we give in to them and we quit. 
We hear the lie or the struggle that we've had for years and the pain that comes with that and the pain becomes greater and eventually we give up. And folks, to overcome the lies, it takes some determination. Not determination, I'm going to do this all on my own, but determination to say, God, I need your power in doing this. And it takes some grit to say, I'm never going to give up, God. I'm never going to give up. I'm never going to give up. You know, folks, this is what I've realized. Great people are just ordinary people with extraordinary amounts of determination. Let me say that again. Great people are just ordinary people, just like you and I, but with extraordinary amounts of determination. They don't choose to quit. Let's read this last scripture in Hebrews and let's read it out loud. Uh, All of you on the stream, join us as well. And here it is. Let's read it together. Let us run the race that is before us. And what? What's it say? What's it say? Never give up. We should remove from our lives anything that would get in the way and the sin that holds us back. Let us look only to who? To Jesus. Let us look only to him. So folks, as we come to the end of our series, this is what I realize. That for some of you, you have been a hostage to some lies in your mind for far too long. And today is the day where you can capture every thought You can speak truth into it and then say, I'm not going to give up. You see, folks, you need to not build your life anymore on lies, but to build your life on the one who knows you best and loves you most, Jesus Christ himself. And this is what Jesus says about each and every one of you. You are chosen. You are forgiven. You're loved. You're treasured. And you, you are my masterpiece. And so now, start living it out and not listening to the lies. Let's pray. Loving God, we come to you today because we do want to build our one and only life upon you. You, Jesus, who are truth. You who said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Your truth, not the lies of the evil one. We want to believe, God. We want to experience that sense that we are your masterpiece. But so often, God, it's easier for us to buy into the lies of the evil one. So if you're a follower of Christ right now, but if you were honest, you'd say, you know what? I've forgotten who I am. I've been listening to these other things. I've been practicing negative self-talk. I've been listening to the evil one. If you've been doing that, but today you're like, I No, I want to change. I want to see myself as God sees me. To see myself as the new person in Christ. 
that I've given myself to. If that's you, I want to ask you to do a bold thing. No one looking around, but if you're like, I I don't want to listen to any of those lies anymore. I want truth. I'm just going to invite you to raise your hand and let me pray for you. Let me pray. God, thank you so much for the courage of these people to say that they are in need of you. God, they want to change. They no longer want to listen to the lies that have been holding them hostage, but they want to turn to your truth. God, would you change their hearts? Would you change their minds and let them know that once again, they can see themselves as you see them, as your precious masterpiece. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You can put your hand down. Now, maybe for some of you, this is your very first time where you've thought, you know what? That's my whole life. I've just been listening to these lies again and again. I never thought God would want anything to do with me because of what I've done. But maybe today, as you've thought about it, you're like, no, I'm tired of the lies. I'm sick and tired of the lies. I I want something new in my life. I want a new relationship with the one who does love me. And I don't know a lot about God. Maybe you're at that point where you're like, I don't know a lot about him. I don't know, but but I want him in my life. I, I want him to be able to tell me that I'm treasured, that I'm his masterpiece, that I'm chosen by him. And if you've been buying into the lies, well, I'm not good enough. He wouldn't love me enough. I messed up too much. He couldn't forgive me. Today is the day for you to squelch those lies, to put them down and to receive the truth that Jesus says to you, that you are treasured. You are my masterpiece. And today, if you're ready to say, I want Jesus in my life. I want his grace. I want his love. I want his forgiveness. I want his newness in my life. Then I'm going to invite you in a prayer. But it's not a prayer that you'll pray by yourself, but one that we'll share together. And I invite you right now, if you feel comfortable, to simply repeat this prayer after me. Just repeat after me. Heavenly Father, erase all the lies. Erase my sins. Make me brand new. Jesus, I believe you died and rose again so I could live for you. Fill me with your spirit so I could know you, serve you, and follow you for the rest of my life. My life is not my own. Today I give it to you. Thank you for new life. Now you have mine. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.